Yeah, Lord, thank you for saturating us with your love, God. God, I thank you that when I was 19, your love reached me, God. Pulled me out of a, just a really bad place, God. A place of darkness. How many people remember when the love of God first touched your life? <laughs> Woo! If that doesn't make you excited, Tony, I don't know what. The streets of New Orleans? I mean, come on. I mean, if we had time to go around the room and find out where the love of God reached different people, it would be pretty crazy and amazing, wouldn't it? So, praise God. Well, we're probably all here for different reasons. We probably all have as many different views of what prophetic ministry is. Numbers of people in the room would be my guess. But, uh, but Steve's going to clarify that for us. I'm not going to try to tell you why exactly we're here. But I will say this. God's looking for friends. And prophetic ministry or hearing and obeying is all about intimacy with the Father. Just being one with Him, right? Receiving what He has. And like, I have a little bit of a selfish reason for being here. It's kind of a good selfish. But uh, a couple of months ago, I watched this documentary called Furious Love that just messed me up forever. And uh, I saw people prophesying life over people out there desperate in the world in similar places where I was as a teenager. And uh, so, like, for example, last night, me and my son Gabe and Isaac and Brian Kelson went out on this little treasure hunt in the community, and we just sought the Lord for information before we left. So we did some prophetic ministry before we left, just getting things like we had butterfly on our list, we had heart, we had the color green, we had uh, cookout, <laughs> I mean, some really spiritual information, you know. And uh, so we, we go out there and we went to a number of different places, including cookout for some fried chicken. But uh, we also ended up at Target. And me and uh, Brian were walking through Target, just kind of walking around, just seeing what the Lord might lead us to. And Brian goes, hey, look, there's some butterflies right there. It's like these, you know, these metal butterflies you put up on your wall or something. And we're like, wow, okay, that's on the list. And we turned around. And another thing that was on our list was young couple on our treasure map. So we turn around right beside the butterflies and there stands a young couple. And Brian Simon's like, excuse me, um, I don't really know why I'm talking to you right now. It started off as a really awkward moment. But uh, we just really love Jesus and feel like that God has something for you. So make a long story short, we just said, do you mind if we just pray for you? And they're like, okay. And they happen to be from Mexico. Fortunately, they understood what we were saying. And so we just, I began to pray and I just turned to the young man and said, I feel like God's love, the Father just wants to reach out to you with your love. And have you ever had those moments where you didn't really know what you were going to say or what you were going to prophesy, but you opened your mouth in faith and God filled it? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I just got this word for him about a job and a career path and all. And as this very awkward moment just turned into this brightness in his eyes, and I was like, is this, uh, is this lining up with you? And he turned to his girlfriend. He's like, uh-huh. And before you know it, you know, it's just like a love encounter that God would care enough to stop you right in the middle of Target. <laughs> you know, and uh, so selfishly, that's what I want to do more of. Not selfishly, just I just want to be used by God to reach a world that's just desperate for a word 
You know, you just begin to minister to somebody, and I've seen other people around them go, oh, excuse me, do you have a word for me? Do I qualify for a word? You know, it doesn't take much, does it? And sometimes the most unspiritual word is revolutionary outside the four walls of the church. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the word is like, well, excuse me, ma'am, God just wants to say that He thinks you're special. Oh my gosh! You know, and they're just like, just falling apart. What are you talking about? How did you know that? What do you mean, how did I know that? I mean, I could have said that to everyone here. You know, the point is, it's not even necessarily the high-level revolutionary words that rock the world, but just those simple things. But that's hearing the heart of God for that person in a given situation. Anyway, I'm not doing the teaching tonight, so I don't even know what I'm doing, Steve. But Steve laughing. Uh, I've got to know Steve pretty well over the past. Well, you guys have been here two years or so, right? Three years. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Two years. And uh, I realized early on, basically, anything you can do in the church, Steve and Janice have done it over the years. Every title, every, I mean, everything that you could think of, they've done it in some form. Um, and uh, starting off even from a Jesus people commune in California, I believe, wasn't that right? <laughs> All the way to, uh, you know, being an elder at Morningstar for a number of years. And uh, here, Steve last year did a school of prophetic ministry with our, our, as a part of our school of ministry here at River Life. And uh, some of those people are here tonight that, have, that did that and I'm sure will be involved this, this weekend. But uh, more than anything else, here's what I'd say about Steve Lappin is I've seen in my life and just other people's lives in the body of the church is Steve just loves to encourage people. Just encourage, encourage, encourage people. So let's pray for him as he comes up here. God, we just ask you to, to just come, Lord, and just bring a mighty anointing, God, upon Steve. Everything that he's received in his lifetime, Lord, from every impartation, from the great men of God that he's uh, had the privilege of knowing, to all the deep treasures that you put inside of him, the wells. I just call for the wells of life, Lord, just to spring up inside of him as he teaches and speaks this weekend, Lord. We just bless him. We honor Steve tonight. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, I am blessed to be here. You know, it's... It's an honor, it's a privilege to be able to stand and talk about Jesus to his children. You know, he loves us so much, you know, and, and he doesn't ever want us to take it for granted that we can speak to his children. And I really want to be aware of that. Well, uh, Matthew shared a little bit about who I am, and I think it's important probably before I start to tell you a little bit about who I am. From my perspective, uh, <clears throat> I was uh, born Jewish, circumcised on the eighth day by a rabbi, and <laughs> that's the truth, and then, uh, you know, began to be raised as a Jewish boy and uh, became very secular with my family and grew up and got into real bad stuff like a lot of kids and ended up uh, going in the military, spending time in the military in Vietnam, coming back discouraged and marriage falls apart and all those things that happen to a lot of people in life. And my life had come to a place of just total wreck. I mean, I was, um, 
I was declared uh, a paranoid schizophrenic. I had severe case neurosis, and the government classified me too crazy to work, and I was collecting money for that. Isn't that great? And all my friends liked that, too, and they hung around me because I was collecting money. Well, well anyway, isn't it wonderful God can give us a new mind? Have you ever thought about that much? Byron has talked about that a lot. Well, I know that for a fact. Because when I got saved, I didn't have a mind. It was mush from all the drugs and everything that was going on in my life. It really was mush. And God restored my mind. So I know everything that has happened in my life couldn't have been from what I've been able to do. I know that. It's what God is doing in my life. And over the years, I, I, you know, I've known the Lord now 38 years, and it seems like when, when Matthew said earlier, how many remember that first day when that love flooded your heart and what happened to you that day? I do remember that powerfully in my life. Um, you know, being Jewish and secular and all of that, I'd never gone to church. And... I didn't get saved in a church. I got saved and we called it like a home group. And uh, the first time I went to church was two days after I got saved and it was a four-square church. And they loved to speak in tongues in a four-square church. And um, so we went to this church and, you know, we sure didn't look like any of us look here right now, we had, we were pretty gruffy and long hair and beards and earrings and nose, we didn't have nose rings back then too much, but we had the earrings. But anyway, so I went to the church and his name was Grandpa Webb, that was the pastor, his name was Grandpa Webb, it was in Mendocino, California, up on the northern part of California, and um, he was about 70 years old, standing up there, and there may be small little church, and maybe about 30 people there. And we would go there in this big bus from this commune that once was a hippie, heathen commune full of drugs and all of that, got saved, and we all became Christians, and we had to live in men. Couldn't, the men and women had to live separately. I didn't understand that for a while. And, you know, and all this stuff. And, but we'd go in this big bus old bus to church on Sunday. So here I got saved on a Friday night and we were going to go on Sunday. And in that bus is something I will remember my whole life. Psalm 100 was written all over the inside of that bus. And we would sing that all the way to church every time. And back then, you know, it says aspire to be an elder. Back then you aspired to be the bus driver. You know, you really wanted to be the bus driver. So we go. So here I got saved Friday night, and they took me where I used to live, and I burned all my Tibetan Book of the Dead and all the roars of the rainbow and gave my dope away. I couldn't burn it. Anyway, uh, and, and so we, we start heading back to the, to the church, and we go in, and he's standing there, and he's talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I hadn't even been baptized yet in water because I just got saved Friday night. And I'm sitting there. Now, you've got to understand, coming from my background, I didn't believe in Jesus. This is going to sound weird to some people. What I believed in, what I saw in these people's lives, and that was this love they had one for another. 
They said it was Jesus. And I said, well, I'll accept that. But you got to understand, from my understanding, I did not know Jesus personally. He knew me and saved me, but I was just in the process of getting to know him. And so he's standing up there and says, how many want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I just, I was hungry for love. I wasn't hungry for Jesus, if you can really hear my, my difference. Where I was at, I was hungry for love. Sort of what Matthew was saying there. People are crying out. They're, there's this place in their heart. It's not that they're hungry for Jesus. God is love. They're hungry for Him who is love. That's really, I believe, His name is love. But anyway, so I said, I want to go. I didn't yet, yet. And I get up. Now you've got to understand, coming off drugs and all of this stuff, I was a pretty paranoid guy. So I started going up front. And all of a sudden, all these people start charging me. I'm serious. And they all got around me, and they start praying, you know. And this little old lady, oh, she's so precious, grabs me by the juggler and goes, You got it yet? You got it yet? And I, yes. I didn't know what they were talking about. I really didn't. I'd never heard anything about tongues, didn't know about tongues. No one ever taught it. You know, I just got saved two days before. And so church is over and said, now, now you've got to remember, this is Mendocino, California, which is right on the beach. So what do you do right after you get saved? You get baptized. Well, we didn't have a lake. We had an ocean. So right after church, we all go down to the ocean. And back then it was pretty free and clear and everything. And let's all get, let's baptize. So we took our pants off and our shirts and in our underwear and in the ocean we went and that's where I was baptized in the Pacific Ocean. I come out of the ocean and this one guy gives me a hug and as he hugs me, the earring that was in this ear rips out and I go, wow. That day, my life changed forever. You know, I can stand up here and say, I can say I have never had a drag off a cigarette since that day. I have never hungered for, I mean, I was strung out on dope and everything, didn't have any, any reaction. God delivered me that day. and My life was changed. The other thing that began to happen to me, I always had a big mouth. I always was an instigator type of guy and got in a lot of trouble for it. And that's a whole other story. But I always had a big mouth. But you know what? God can use a big mouth. He can. So here I am now all of a sudden. Hey, the Lord wants you to know. I didn't know what I was saying, like you said, you know. I just start, you know, I, you know, I was on fire. No one ever even told me it was prophecy back then. No one, you know, back then it was just have fun. And what I've come to learn in my whole life, growing up in the Lord and having the opportunity to spend time with some wonderful people and help me understand the education of what was going on in my heart, in my life, it's put me into a place where one of my goals tonight and tomorrow is that when we're done, you're going to be able to, it's in 2 Timothy 2, it says in the third verse, 
uh, second verse. And these things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust of reliable men, and I want to add women, who will be able also to share. They see, God's heart is for all of us to share and to teach. What the Holy Spirit lives within each of us, and He's the teacher. And He wants to come out of each of us and share. So one of the things that, that I want to talk about tonight is, and tomorrow is, how do we recognize the Lord's voice? How do you recognize the Lord's voice? How does God speak? Those are questions that we hear a lot and talk about a lot because when we begin to hear God's voice and know we're hearing it and we begin to understand how He speaks, it benefits us personally. And the degree that we learn to follow Him and obey Him will bring tremendous fruitfulness in our lives. We all want victory. That's another word for fruitfulness in my mind, is victory. The other thing it does, it enables us to help others more effectively. How many times are we in situations where we want to help somebody and we don't know what to do? But we know the person that does. So I'm not here to teach you how to prophesy. I'm here to help you learn how to hear from God. And I'm, you know something? That's going to be an internal process, so I want to be clear about that right off the bat. And I said earlier about education and learning the education, and over the years, the first group that I was a part of was called Gospel Outreach. And we called it G.O. Go. You know, we're going to go to the ends of the earth and create disciples of all nations. And Janice and I uh, went on an evangelistic team in 1974. And we ended up in New York. We were going to change New York for Jesus. And we got stuck there for 21 years. But we were preaching the gospel and obeying the Lord. And the Lord then brought us down here to North Carolina. And down here in North Carolina, I've had the wonderful opportunity to to hang out with Bob Jones a little bit and get to know him and him affect my life. And, you know, there's a little bit of a benefit there and a blessing. And then, of course, where this education part of it is all really coming from is a brother named Steve Thompson who tremendously impacted my life in the area of learning how to effectively communicate what I'm doing. And there's a book that, he, that, that, that I've used a lot in what I use when I share, and the book's called Y'all May Prophesy, and it's by Steve Thompson. It's a great book. I recommend it. So we're not going to be talking tonight about becoming a prophet, okay, or tomorrow. I'm not talking to you, how do you become a prophet? I'm talking to you and me, how do we become successful men and women of God? walking with Him, understanding Him, and enjoying Him. In Acts 2, 17 and 18, and these are familiar scriptures, 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men, women, meaning, I'll do that a lot tonight. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And a lot of people right there say, well, you know, prophecy is not for everybody. It's just for the younger people, and there's just this group. and that, that, that's, We never should take one scripture and grab a hold of it. We should just enjoy reading all the scriptures about a subject. And this still isn't all of them, but let's go on. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 and 20, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. And one of my favorite scriptures, and Byron has been in Ephesians, is in Ephesians 4. In the first part of Ephesians 4, it talks about the order in the church and, and how the church should be set up, you know, administratively and uh, to affect all the saints in the church. But then in the 14th verse, as a result of the church functioning properly, it says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth. Now I want to stop there a minute. What is the truth? Come on. What is the truth? Jesus. What is the truth? What? What God says. Well, what is that? His Word. His Word. That's what I wanted to get out of this. By speaking the truth. By speaking His Word. By speaking His truth in love. Thy Word is truth, the Scripture tells us. We will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. And here's the other part. What does that say? As each part does its share. Every one of us, and we've heard this over the years, every one of us has a destiny, a purpose, Every one of us is unique. And there's a scripture in, in, in uh, Corinthians where Paul talks about, basically he's saying, there's no one else like me. Now, we can make, people make fun of that. I'm sure glad there's no one else like you, Steve. But let's look at the other side of that. There's no one else like you, Joanne. What God has put in you, Joanne, he wants for everyone to receive. Because no one else can receive what he's put in you. Every one of us, every one of us has something unique to God's nature that he wants to give to one another. And as we learn, as we learn to do that, something begins to happen powerfully. It says the body of Christ is built and his head, Jesus, the head, is revealed. Now, the way we do that is by speaking the truth, by speaking His Word to one another. This seminar, this time, is going to focus on how to ask for, how to recognize, 
how to interpret specific revelation for the purpose of encouraging, building up, or comforting individuals. You know, we're not called to be prosecutors. We're called to be advocates. Jesus is an advocate. And what does an advocate do? He protects. He speaks for. He, he, inters- he, gets in the, he gets in front of to help. So we're here to learn how, through speaking the truth in love to one another, protect one another, encourage one another, comfort one another, build up one another. A a definition of prophecy, to prophesy, is hearing from God and speaking to people. Okay, a definition, and I want to encourage you, the reason I gave you out stuff is hopefully take notes, because I really want to encourage you to be able to go home and you can share with other people. This is God's heart that this would go out into the streets, into the world, that He wants to speak to everyone and that we can speak for Him. Think about that. Ye are the body of Christ, members in particular. I mean, think about what that means. That God lives in us and He wants to speak through us to the world. Encouragement, comfort, exhortation, help. The purpose of the prophetic in our everyday life. And here is this scripture in our school. When we, when we taught in the school, this was our motto. Would you like to have a motto in life? This is one of my mottos. Okay? This is one of my mottos. I encourage you. This scripture you probably heard. Memorize it. Write it in your hearts. Say it all the time because this is God's heart. 1 Corinthians 14.3 But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, their encouragement, and comfort. So prophesying Speaking the truth in love, speaking God's word to one another, is to strengthen, is to encourage, to comfort others. It's not just speaking human encouragement. Okay? It's speaking divine encouragement. Prophecy is hearing from God and speaking what you hear in order to build up. To comfort or to encourage someone. Prophecy is to hear from God and speak to men. You know, how many of us have heard, believe we've heard from God? That's not prophecy. Okay? Prophecy is hearing and then speaking. Just hearing from God isn't prophecy. Just hearing isn't enough. Now, although prophesying to a congregation with an encouragement from Scripture or the heart of God is a valid expression of prophecy, that's not the aim of what we're here today about. We need to learn to speak the truth in love to one another. That's what we're here about. Is how do we learn to begin to function 
like it's said there in Ephesians 4. Wow. I mean, what a vision for us to hold up to us, to be like that, to be like that church, Ephesus. So I want to break down that Scripture a little bit, 1 Corinthians 14.3. I'm going to talk about it like keeping within the boundaries of prophecy the way that we're talking here. We're not talking about prophesying in the church. There's definitely a place for that. We're not talking about the office of a prophet. There's a place for that. What we're talking about is being men and women of God, speaking the truth in love to one another and learning how to do that. So what is strengthening? What is strengthening? What does it mean to strengthen someone? Well, to me it means imparting hope, imparting joy to them. Let me share something with you. And I'll share some examples as we go on. Had a situation. But first of all, what Matthew shared earlier, do you think that guy got some hope when he said, I feel like the Lord's giving you favor and there's a job waiting for you? Do you think that guy got some hope in his heart and some joy? See, that, that's, that's a perfect example. And I had a situation when I was at Morningstar, we would have prophetic time. Oh, just remembered. If you didn't get a chance to sign up for the prophetic because it got all filled up, don't worry about it. We're going to be having some fun tomorrow afternoon. A lot of times when you'd go to a John Wimber, for those that you knew him or ever heard of him, go to a John Wimber conference, he would have what he called clinics where you would put into practice what you're learning. And that's really what we're talking about here. This isn't just where we want to go forward and put into practice what we're learning here. So we'll have fun tomorrow afternoon. We're going to do some stuff. But I had a situation at Morningstar. We used to have some prophetic time at conferences, and I was sitting in, in, we had these little booths, and people would come into these conferences and and, uh, come for prophetic ministry. And I was sitting there, and this woman comes in, and, and she's pregnant, and she's by herself, and she sits down. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I start hearing the song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Now, I say, man, come on, that cliche, come on, you know, that's, yeah. you know, I start, you know, like, come on, you know, like, what could that mean? And we're going to get into that part of it, the interpretation aspect that most of the time you don't even know what it means but the other person that could change their lives. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I'm hearing, and I'm going back and forth in my heart, and, and I keep hearing, and I go, and I'm learning to obey. That's what we're talking about, obey and hearing. So I said, all right. So I look at her, and I said, I hear this song, but he's got the whole, he wants, he wants you to know he's got the whole world in his hands. She just came apart right in front of us. And, of course, you, you're, what, did, what did I do? What, did, what happened? What, come to, just before the conference, this was the uh, Desert Shield had just started. Okay? Her husband just got shipped off to Desert Shield. 
and wasn't going to be home for the baby to be born, but more important, he's going to war. What did God want her to know? Do you see? I mean, something simple. I mean, it's just like, all right. Do you think she got some hope imparted to her? Do you think she got some joy? See, but that's strengthening. See, God was wanting to strengthen her faith. God was wanting to strengthen her to be able to be a testimony and a witness in her life. Encouragement. Well, to me, it's the opposite. You're breaking off discouragement. That's what's happening. You're, 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 you're saying to someone, you know, that, and, and I'm going to share, you know, a lot of times I might repeat myself as we go on and everything, but I think that's good. You know, as you're sitting sometimes and you, you're looking at someone and you're saying to yourself, man, that person's depressed. Man, that person's got a big black cloud over him. Or that person looks like he's just swallowed a bunch of lemons. Well, what would Jesus do? Do you hear me? Jesus wouldn't say to that person, Man, I see you're depressed. Jesus wouldn't say to that person, I see this black cloud over you. You know what I think Jesus would do? I want you to know everything's going to be all right. I mean, something simple like that can change a person's whole perspective on what's going on in their lives. That's breaking off discouragement. And the last is comfort. Comfort. That's a big one. Comfort. Comfort. Breaking off fears. Imparting faith. Bringing peace and rest to someone's life. And it could be, you know, just something's going on in someone's life and the Lord just might say to them, it's going to be okay. I want to share something. Byron's sitting here, but I know it's okay to share it. We were at a meeting, a men's meeting about two months ago, and I was really going through it still. I still go through it, but I was really going through it still. Still, whatever. And we sit down that night, and uh, th- this ain't word for word what he shared, but it was just sort of a simple, he was talking about, you know, change and what God wants to do and humility. And, but in that, he said, you know, everyone, you're here tonight. You know what that means? You passed the test. Man, when he said that, just inside me, I felt like I had just walked through a door that had been hard to get through. And that's comfort. You see, that's, it's, it's not, thus says the Lord. One thing that I learned from Steve Thompson is, I want you to go into the Word of God and look closely how many times in the New Testament someone says, thus says the Lord. You see, because the truth is, we know in part, and we speak in part. In part. Right? Um, so I would say, I believe the Lord is saying this. And if He is, you're going to bear witness to it. In other words, and you'll hear me say this a lot, we are servants to one another. I'm coming up to you, I'm serving you the Word of God. 
his love. I'm, it's a privilege and honor to share this with one another. It's, I'm a servant. I'm not in charge. I'm not it. I'm one of you, your brother, your sister. I'm, you're part of my family. Much of what we do when we prophesy, basically, is we reveal God's thoughts about a person. We reveal his heart towards a person. We shine some light on their path ahead of them. We help free them from hindrances to their future. We confirm something maybe they've been praying about. Now that's just... I mean, there's a lot more, but that's just taking in 1 Corinthians 14.3 and chewing on it and looking. What does this mean to strengthen and encourage and comfort? And a good example for all of us, I know not all of us are parents in here, but I think you can relate to this. Think about it a minute. You're a parent and you have a child, and you, for some reason, are able to see your child when you're not around. So the child's out playing, and these other people come up to your child, and they say, you know, your dad, he's this terrible guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just awful. How would that break your heart? What would the cry in your heart be, maybe? Oh, if someone could just go to my child and tell them the truth about me. You are that someone. We are that someone. How would you long for someone to intercede and tell your child the truth about how you love them, how you desire to spend time with them? You see, that's who God has created us to be to one another to tell everybody the truth about who He is. It's getting quiet in here. This is the true nature of prophecy, revealing God's heart to people. And in doing so, draws people closer to Him and strengthens their relationship with their Father. Something happens in all of our lives when we understand we have a Father that loves us. See, I grew up not having that. Just simple. I can't get into the whole story. It would take too long. But I grew up basically what's called a broken home. My mother got a divorce when I was 10 years old. And before that, for four or five years... My mother and father fought like cats and dogs, and I spent most of the time with my grandmother. How many can relate to that one? But anyway, after that, I don't want to get into the specifics, but my mother was married about five, six times. You can imagine what my life might have been like growing up. So I never really had a father that put his arms around me and loved me. And... Coming to that place in my life, I was about 10 years in the Lord before this happened to me. I was at a men's meeting, and we were all praying and worshiping, and I'm there, and all of a sudden I hear 
Stephen, I love you. And I, you know, at first it just, you know, and see, my real father died right in front of me when I was 21 years old. Excuse me, 23 years old. I was 23 when he died right in front of me. So I never really saw it. It's like, what? What's... And then I heard it again. Stephen, I love you. And all of a sudden, I knew it was my heavenly Father in heaven telling me he loves me. And I just crumbled. It changed my life. It changed my life. And understanding how much our Father loves us will change our lives forever. And you know how that comes to be also? I think, and you'll hear me say it probably again, I heard Larry Randolph say once, one of the most powerful prophetic words you can give someone is, you know Jesus loves you. It's, it's really that simple. It's not complicated to be a child of God and walk around sharing His life with everyone. I'm not going to say it's easy. I said it's not complicated. There's a war going on for us not to do that. And that's why we need each other to provoke one another, the Scripture says in Hebrews, to love and what? To good works. What are the good works, I believe? To speak the truth and love to one another. Not to go out and do that. Not go out and do that. Not, if, we would, if we would just do that, and I shared this with Kevin earlier. We were saying, I wonder how many people are going to be here tonight, whatever. I said, well, if we lift, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, what's he going to do? He, not us, he will draw all men unto himself. God loves the prophetic. Now, I know some of us have had some terrible experiences with the, quote, prophetic. You know, the people walking up to you with fire coming out of their eyes or, you know, or coming up to you telling you you're going to go through this trial next month and I just want you to know it. You know, um, you know I personally believe if you're going to, quote, take something away from somebody before you do it, make sure you have something to replace it. If I'm going to go up and say, if I was, I hardly, I don't think I hardly ever go with something like that. But if, I, if God was saying that to me, and I would say, Lord, before I do that, please give me something to encourage that person about. Otherwise, what he's giving me is to pray for the person. You hear that? Not to speak it, to pray for him. God loves the prophetic. Numbers 11, 29. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put His Spirit on them. God's heart in the very beginning was for all of us to speak for God. From way back at the beginning, that was His heart. But the people of Israel rejected that and just wanted Moses. Why does God love the prophetic? 
Because it helps people. It's that simple. Prophecy, I believe, is the answer, not the problem. The enemy has tried in the church to make it the problem. It's the answer. It's not the problem. You know, if you go to a doctor and all he does is tell you what's wrong with you, it's going to really frustrate you, isn't it? But if he gives you medicine, hopefully it will make you feel better. We need to learn to give the medicine. We need to learn to give the medicine. What is the medicine? The love of God shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God is the medicine. It's the oil. It's, it's the comfort. It's the encouragement. It's the strengthening. And how do I know all this? How do I know that God's going to do this? Because when we ask for the Spirit, He brings His gifts unto us. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and we know these Scriptures, and this is the first steps that I, you know, in practical ways, you know, we're going to get very practical here tonight and tomorrow. I tend to be a real practical guy because I didn't even graduate high school. I told you, you know, I got the mind of Christ, thank God. So I'm the smartest one here. Anyway, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I'll still show you a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Follow the way of love. Wow. Think about that. Think about the the encouragement from the Holy Spirit through Paul. Follow the way of love. How many of us are tired of being persecutors? I didn't say being persecuted. If we're honest, it's time to be advocates, it's time to protect. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.39 Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. What is God saying there? The first time I heard this, it was like, I don't know. And then I began to think about it. You see, the enemy always wants us to go to the negative but God is continually taking whatever the negative is that he's tried to make and make it ours. So I'm talking about lust. Uh-oh. Do you know that word there, desire, is the root word for lust? Now think about that a minute. Oh, the Holy Spirit is telling us if we're going to lust after something, What does he want us to lust after? Think about that. There's a counterfeit out there that wants you to do something else, but what does God want us to lust after? Where does he want my eyes to be on? Where does he want my heart to be on? What does he want my mind to be lusting after and craving? Prophecy. Prophecy, to speak for God, 
to speak His love, to speak His truth, to speak His encouragement. So the root word there, and you can look it up, that word desire is lust. So let's just kick the enemy out of the room and lift up the Lord and what He wants us to do. I can remember one of the first times that, you know, there's a part of us always that want to, you know, be seen, be in the limelight, you know, and, and the Lord has so dealt with me over the years, you know, in that area, and I still fight it. I'm be honest, I still fight it. I want people to like me. I want to be recognized. And that's because that hunger in my heart, the Lord is teaching me continually how to direct that to Him, to get that from Him, to get that need met from Him. There's nothing wrong with that need. There's nothing wrong with the need of wanting to be recognized. There's nothing wrong with the need of, of wanting to be liked. What becomes wrong with it is when we allow the enemy to take our eyes off Jesus. Simple. But if we have our eyes on Jesus, what happens? We begin to know that we're accepted. We begin, it, all of those things that the enemy would want to try to do in our lives that were noticed become null and void. You know, most of us I would say probably all of us are hearing from God and a lot of us don't know it. Now I want to propose something to you. What if I told you that your life is dead and your life is hid in Christ in God? What if I told you that you're a new creation and old things are passed away? In other words, who you used to be isn't who you are. What's the challenge? It's to believe it. It's, that, it's to believe it. That's the first step, isn't it? That's to believe it. It says, you know, you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. But how do you believe it? With my heart you confess. In other words, it's not just hearing. The way that you experience prophecy, the way you experience the love of God, the way you experience His Word is by letting it come out of your mouth and your ears begin to hear it. You know, there was this, there was this couple, we called them the Happy Hunters. Had tremendous healing ministry and everything like that. And they used to walk around always saying, make sure your ears hear what God's saying out of your mouth. But think about that a minute. I mean, what, is it, what would it mean to you for your ears to hear Jesus loves me? I mean, something begins to happen when you open your mouth and allow the Word of God to come forth. So I'm talking about hearing. Well, I got news for you. Every Christian 
hears from God. Uh Uh-oh. That's what the Scripture says. If you're a Christian, you hear from God. Well, you don't know. Well, let me just read the scriptures to you. <clears throat> John six forty four through forty five. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Now, did you hear that? Everyone who listens to the Father and learns, that means as a result of the listening, we're doing something, comes to him. So I want to challenge us to begin to think a little differently. Now, I'm not asking you to get so heavenly minded you become no earthly good, but I don't think there's a problem with getting a little more heavenly minded. So I want you to be thinking about that what most of us think is coincidences are actually valid prophetic impressions from God. Begin to think about when something happens, what is God saying? Instead of your first reaction, why did that happen? What's going-? And you start here instead of here. What would happen if you begin recognizing the impressions you receive as being from God? Well, Steve, you don't understand. What if it's the devil? Here's my simple answer to that. 1 Corinthians 14.3 The devil is not going to encourage you. The devil's not going to strengthen you, and the devil's not going to comfort you. It's that simple. Is what is happening to you, 1 Corinthians 14.3. But here's the scripture that we can't get away from about that we hear from God. John 10, 3, 4. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. That word know is important. That word know is about intimacy. That word know means that you are spending time with the Lord. Now, I don't want to get legalistic about this because I have a hard time staying on my knees very long, just being honest with you. That's not who I am. I have an easier time walking around and worshiping. You see, it's not are you doing it it's, or how you're doing it, it's do it. However you do it. Well, I'm doing it in the car. Oh, you're not really. Why not? I heard Bob Jones share this once that's really helped me. And I think Byron's talked a little bit about it. But 
Does anyone know what the word El Shaddai means? What the Hebrew word translated means? Do you you know what anyone know? Go ahead. No, it ain't. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the word of God. That's what it is. The many-breasted one. What does that infer? What that infers to me is substance. Okay? And Bob Jones shared with me, do you know when a, when a mother nurses a baby, the baby is not getting what we call milk. They're getting actual life given to that baby. Do you all know? I mean, mothers, you know that. You're given that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not like we think of milk. It's a substance that's really life going into that baby. Well, I heard Bob share this once, that God wants us to nurse after him. And how do we do it? By speaking in tongues. Now, okay, Steve, blah, blah. But Paul said, out of the, outside the church, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So I don't want to hear all this different doctrine this and different doctrine that. I just said what Paul said. And I want to do what Paul did. So something begins to happen to you when you're speaking in tongues, the Scripture tells us something's happening inside of us. So a building is being built in us. Treasure is being generated within us. For the, what purpose? For the purpose of prophecy. For the purpose of speaking His truth, His love, His words to one another. So, let's establish that we all hear from God. Well, okay. Well, how do I... All right, I know that. I hear that. But how do I do that? Well, first of all, we have a sure word of prophecy. Does anyone know what that is? What's a sure word of prophecy? What's the Scripture tell us? It's the Word of God. Right? It's a sure word of prophecy. It's the Word of God. Well, all, pre- all prophetic revelation, everything I receive, we receive from the Lord, needs to be filtered through the written Word of God. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? It simply means <coughs> that if you hang around with someone long enough, you're going to begin to act like that person, right? When my kids were growing up, I used to say, you know, bad company corrupts morals. Well, guess what good company does? You know, the, the Scripture says bad company corrupts morals, but, but the opposite of that, what is that? Good company. So when you hang out with the Lord, what's going to happen? You're going to begin to act like Him. It's, it's simple stuff. But in order to learn to be accurate, it's not a big thing. All we've got to do is know God's written Word. That's it. It's important to spend as much time in the Bible as we can, however that is. In addition to helping us interpret Revelation, it's amazing how our lives will change as we begin hiding God's Word in our hearts. See, our lives... It's, see, we are talking about ministering to one another, but something begins to happen to us as we begin to 
lust after spiritual gifts, as we begin to hunger and thirst after prophecy. I want to speak for God. I want to speak His love, His Word to one another. I want to see the body of Christ grow up and built up. I want to see Jesus magnified. I want to see Him lifted up and all men drawn unto Him. I need to spend, I need to spend time with the Lord. I need to read His Word. I want to make a statement there. I want to learn how to hear His Word. Do you know a lot of people read the Word and don't hear it? Think about what I just said. Think about what I just said. The Word of God is your personal book to you, God speaking to you. So not do I just want to read it here. I want to hear it here. I want to hear the Word as I sit down to read it. So I want to talk a little bit about the prophetic Word. You know, when you have a... When God wants you to speak to somebody a a prophetic Word, He wants you to encourage them or comfort them or strengthen them. Uh, Thank you. The prophetic word is broken up into three components, okay? Three components make up a prophetic word. In other words, if I'm going to share something with somebody, in that he's got the whole world in his hands, that word that I gave that woman, there's revelation there. Okay, that's one of the components. What is revelation? How how does a revelation come to us? How how do we receive it? Well, it can come as a dream. It can come as a vision. It can come as an impression, which is probably where most of us are at. And I, I say that from this perspective, that again, the most powerful word you can give someone is Jesus loves you, and that's basic. But it's so powerful. Just think about what one word from God can do in someone's life. It can change their life forever. So it can come as an impression or a knowing. It is basically, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you receive? That's a revelation. Another component to the word is interpretation. What is interpretation? This is the understanding that God gives about the revelation we have received. In other words, what is God saying? What does this this revelation mean? That's the interpretation. And the other part of the component to the word is application. That's how do I utilize? What do I do with this word? Well, how, how does it affect me? Uh... What is, you know, what, is it, what am I supposed to do? And many times, and this is important for all of us, how many of us that are married, we've said to our wives or our husbands, you're not the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, that's true. Many times the interpretation isn't our responsibility. It's the person receiving it. Just 
keep that in your, your pocket. To know that mo- that, so a lot of times when, when, I, when, when we're talking about prophetic and someone wants to come and see if I got this word from, but I, I don't know what it means or what they should do, I said, don't worry about it. Share what you got. Because that one little part of what you got, the person you're sharing with might have the other part. Or it's just something for them to pray about. You see, you can't go wrong when you want to love somebody. Was that a song? Anyway, you can't go wrong when you want to love somebody. You know, when we talk about healing, for instance, I don't think I've ever had anybody get upset with me that they didn't get healed when I've offered to pray for them. You know why? Because I was... I wanted to love them, and they felt that love. And of course, they could get healed, but the point is, the point is that it's the love of God that changes people's lives. So, the interpretation, don't get hung up on. And sometimes, the application for sure most of the time, you don't know what they're supposed to do with what, why you got what you got. In other words, Matthew got that word. God might have a job for him, but he doesn't know what he's supposed to do with that. But the guy that received the word is like, oh, yeah, that's my, maybe I'm so, you know. So the components of a prophetic word are revelation, interpretation, and application. It's fundamental to God's nature, what? That he's a communicator. I don't believe it's quiet in heaven. How many believe that? I don't believe... I believe that there's continual movement and sound in heaven. I mean, look how big and full the Bible is. Okay? So God is continually speaking to us. I hope you can hear what I just said. God is continually speaking to us. We can continually hear from Him. Continually. John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Can't be any clearer than that. Hebrews 1 2. But in the last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir to all things, and through him he made the universe. I think it talks about in the King James, through him he speaks to us. Through him. Well, who is him? I'm going to get in trouble for this. Ye are the body of Christ. Members in particular. I had a vision once of us. Now this is going to sound, you know, like I didn't go see Tron or anything, but, but I know it was good. But something, this is going to sound really science fiction, okay? But I had a vision once, all right? How many saw the Fantastic Voyage? You know, where they go inside the guy and they go all through the way. Okay, listen to this. I had this vision once that we are inside the body of Christ. 
his legs, his whole body, and he's walking on the earth, and we're inside him, all parts, you know. I'm one of the hairs on his leg. You, you get it? Think about that a minute. He, the scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? I love that scripture. But you know what that means to me? If God be for me, in other words, be in front of me, it's not just, it's something practical. I'm inside, we are in the body of Christ. We are protected all around by his body. I don't know where I went with that, but anyway. <laughs> where that go? Universe, all right. Um, I want to talk some about levels of revelation, okay? If you have questions, just write them down and you can get with me and ask me. I might not have the answer. I'll send you to Byron. But if you have questions, you know, write them down. We'll, we'll see what we can do. The, what, what I gave you there was to encourage you to take notes. That's simply, and you can write down there anything you want, you know. Is I really wanted to encourage you to, you know, this is from my education school part. when we went, But I wanted to encourage you to, to take notes because my goal, like I said, is I want you to be able to go out of here and not just for yourself but be able to share with someone else what does it mean to speak the truth in love to one another and break down the fallacies of prophecy. So let's talk about levels of revelation. All prophetic words are received, are revelation from God. Let's establish that. What do you mean, Steve? Let's, the example, the best one is in Matthew 16, 17. <clears throat> Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. In other words, Jesus was pointing out that what Peter got, that he's the Christ, Jesus is the Christ, didn't come from hanging out with Jesus. It didn't come from reading the Old Testament. It came divinely from God to him as a revelation. It's sort of a, the way I like to talk about a revelation, it's a aha moment. Okay, it's, ah, that's what it means. Ah. Okay, ah, aha. Can you all say aha? Aha. See? So it's important for us to understand how we receive a revelation. And I'll tell you why. Because it helps us to learn how to grow in the prophetic. I mean, I would love to say to all of us that you're going to go home and hear the audible voice of God. But I don't think that's where 99.9.9% of us will be tonight. So where it's so it's important to understand that we all receive revelation from God, but how did we receive it? Because I don't want to misrepresent... So if I came up to Joanne and said, Hey, Joanne, 
last night God spoke to me audibly. And he said thus, thus, thus. She's going to go, you know. When, it, when actually what happened was I heard this small little gentle voice inside me saying, me, 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 me. Do, do you hear that? Let's be honest with one another, understanding that that me, 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 me could change your life forever. Do you hear that? It's not, it's not this, it's simply learning how to grow in the prophetic helps us when we are honest with ourselves. How did I receive that revelation? When, I, when, I, when that happened to me, like, how did you receive that standing there? You know, did you see it? Did you hear it? Did you feel it? Did you think it? Did you, you know what I mean? Don't, it's important to, to learn how to ask ourselves, how did I receive that? Well, let me help you. Base, the basic way that most of us, 99.9% of us in here, will receive revelation as we are beginning to grow in the Lord, growing in the Lord, is through perception. Now, what is perception? Anyone want to take a stab at what perception might mean? Well, yeah, I, I perceive. What is I perceive? I, you know... Yeah, you're see, you're, you're seeing, you perceive something that you can't physically describe, but you know it's there. So, because now that you know it's there, you begin to describe it. Does that make sense? It's the reverse. Or a gentle internal vision. And we'll talk more about stuff like this. We're going to get into... I know Byron's going to love, how do you see in the Spirit? Okay. And a small, still voice of God that we hear in our spirit. You know, I've learned a long time ago that I have the mind of Christ. So when I sit down and I say, Lord, I want to hear something for Robin. And I sit there. I listen, and I hear, I sure love Robin. I'm not going to question, is that my mind? That's, you see, that's where we lose it. We com- the minute you go there, you've lost it. The minute you go there, you've lost it. Because you're not understanding that you're dead, and your life is hidden in Christ and God. That God is speaking to you. When you begin to recognize that it's the Lord speaking to us. And, how, and, and Moses had it great. He said, Lord, to, to, to the Lord, when the Lord was telling him about Pharaoh, he said, Lord, how am I going to know it's you? Anybody know what the Lord told him? The Lord said, when you do it, you're going to know. Well, what if I'm wrong? Well, then Robin just got blessed by hearing that she's loved. You see... 1 Corinthians 14.3 When your heart is to encourage, strengthen, and comfort, when you're wrong, you're right. I hope you can hear that. I really hope you can hear that. But then, as you grow in the Lord, and we know some people that are walking in this place, this, is on, this part 
I'm, I'm basically still in my diapers, okay? I'm still down here in the basic area. I want you to know that. But then there are people that we know that are what we called getting high-level revelations. See, we talked about basic, and now high-level revelations come with visions. I mean, I'm talking about, when I talk about a vision, we're talking about that you're physically seeing something that isn't there. Angelic visitations. Visitations of the Lord. Vivid dreams. Trances. Being caught up in the Spirit and, of course, the audible voice of God. Those are high-level revelations. And God will speak to us that way through those different ways. So it's important as we begin to grow in the Lord to... How did, I just heard that. How did I hear that? Because as you begin to recognize how you're hearing something, you're going to go deeper. I'm telling you, you will. As you begin to, oh, that, yeah. You, you see, you're, you're hungering, you're, you're, you're thirsting, you're, you're eagerly desiring that spiritual gift. You're, Lord, I want more of your heart for people. But as we begin to now are opening ourselves up, here comes the Lord saying, but listen to me. First you've got to know I speak in strange ways. He actually spoke through a donkey once, didn't he? He speaks in strange ways. So we've got to understand that going in that not to be looking for the way we think we should hear. Think. See, that's the problem. Do you hear? Can you grab that? We've got to stop thinking and begin to receive. I wish I could tell you how to do that, but it's a process. All I can tell you as you become aware that you're thinking, you'll stop thinking and cut it off and say, no, I want to receive. <clears throat> when we say we hear God's voice, seldom it, is it a voice. It's a prophetic feeling. It's an impression. It's a picture. It's a vision. And sometimes God's voice simply could be a word He gives us through the Bible. God uses me a lot that way. He gives me, he'll give me a scripture about a situation to share with somebody or something. And from that, maybe some encouragement or words. But the word, there's nothing wrong with getting a Scripture for somebody. That's the Word of God. So God does speak in strange ways. Well, let's see some of the ways that He tells us He speaks. He, he tells us how He speaks to us. Numbers 12, 6 through 8. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly or not, in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Boy, I want to be there. Don't you want to be there? 
I want to be there. In other words, I want to go back to what God said in Exodus. I wish that you would all be prophets. No, 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 I don't want... Now, see, and I think the enemy really has gotten into the church and freaked us out about the prophetic. That we turn it off. Instead of understanding. It's, I mean, I can remember when the word apostle, people would... Uh, we respond to words sometimes instead of his heart. Can you hear that? Job, I love this scripture. Job thirty-three, fourteen through 16. For God does speak. Now one way, now another. In other words, there are no formulas. I love this. Because I tend to get into, well, that person's wearing green. That must mean... Or, or that person doesn't have a wedding ring on. That must mean... Or that person, man, we can get tripped up that way. We need to know. Now, sometimes he could. The person's wearing green, and that means something. But not all the time. Do you hear that? So sometimes he'll speak this way, he says, and then sometimes another way. Though man may not perceive it, but then he might speak in a dream, in a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls on a man as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. I don't really want that. Might get it, but I don't, you know, I'm not looking for that. We need to learn how to receive revelation. And the first step in learning how to receive revelation is by turning this off here, our mind. Someone shared a long time ago, we need to take, take out that old cassette and put in the cassette from heaven. So what am I talking about? Very practical here. Was I dating myself? Some of you might not even know what a cassette is, right? <laughs> I wasn't talking about an 8-track. I mean, that's going way back. Anyway. But listen, listen, Byron has been hitting on this and hitting on this, and I love these scriptures. Okay? So we need to learn how to see with our senses. Now, hear, about, hear what I'm saying, because this is getting into, we're going to go just a little bit longer and we're going to stop, but, and we'll follow up tomorrow morning. But, but I want to share these scriptures with you to really chew on, because they're practical. All right? 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our eyes on what is, seen, what is seen, but what we do not fix our eyes on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, we're going to talk about how do you do that. It's an exercise. I mean, like anything in life, you have to exercise the Spirit of God within you. There's nothing wrong with saying that. We need to learn. I'm going to use it this way. Now, this is my interpretation of that Scripture. We need to learn how to not see what we see and learn how to see what we don't see. Can you grab that? We need to learn how to do that. Well, how do we do that? 
We're going to get into that. Ephesians 1, 1, 18 and 19. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Man, don't think about this a minute. He's not talking. I love this. He's not talking about these eyes. He's saying we have eyes here in our heart. What does that mean? It means we have eyes in our heart. Now, what does the heart do? It receives from God, right? Isn't that where God's... Right here is where God speaks to us, right? In the heart. So the heart sees. We need to learn how to see with our heart, not with our mind. So we might know the hope which He has called you. Wow. God wants us to understand that we're all to prophesy. (laughs) That we're all to be members in particular. It's an inheritance He has for all of us. That's what the Scripture says to us. Just a couple Scriptures about seeing, and we're going to end there, and tomorrow we're going to see. All right? You up for that? I'm telling you, it's going to stretch you. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's going to stretch you. So come getting ready to be stretched. Yeah. Acts 14.9. This guy listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw, he saw that he had faith to be healed. How did he see? He wasn't looking with these eyes. He was looking with his heart's eyes. He saw. Man, how did he see? I, I hungered. That's a, I mean, I hunger for that. How did he see? I want to see like that. Why do you think God put that there? For us to hunger. For us to look at that and say, that's for me too. Acts 27.10 Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous. You see how we can just read over something and not understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us in the Scripture? He wants to give us revelation. Men, I can see. In other words, something was happening in the Spirit that Paul was seeing that they weren't seeing. And he was giving them prophecy. He was, he was giving them words from God to help them. I think it's important that we look at those. And then, the famous scripture in Luke eight forty five six, 6, Jesus said, Who touched me? And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing all against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that the power has gone out for me. How did he know? What does the Scripture say? If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will quicken your mortal body. Do you know there is a place for feeling the Holy Spirit in you? 
There's a place to actually, and we're going to talk about that. There's a place to actually be able to feel the presence of God in you. Jesus felt the virtue of God in him flowing out. Oh, wow. Wouldn't you love to feel that? I, a few times, have felt that praying for people. The power of God just flowing out and touching someone's life. I'm going to close with this scripture. This is in 1 John 3, verse 1. I don't think you have this, Becca. It's 1 John 3, verse 1. See how great a love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Wow. See. He's talking about revelation. He's talking about seeing the love. Seeing the love of God. Behold. There in that scripture. Behold. To see. And I want to end with that tonight. That we would go home tonight seeing, receiving the love, the word of God, how much He loves us and has lavished upon us. And tomorrow morning we're going to come and we're going to get stretched and talk about seeing in the Spirit and talk about some exercises that are going to stretch you to do that. So let's pray. Let's all stand up. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. You see us all the time. Lord, we want to be able to see with our hearts as we talked about tonight. Lord, I just pray, Father, for revelation for all of us tonight as we go home and we begin to think about what it means to prophesy, what it means to speak Your truth in love to one another, what it means to encourage, to strengthen, to comfort our brothers and sisters that we all are called to do that with one another. Fill us tonight with Your Spirit, Lord. Fill us tonight, Lord, with visions and dreams and, and most of all, Your sweet whispers of love and acceptance that You have for us. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. See you tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock.